take our seats. Thankful to be here tonight. Um, I've been going through a lot of lot of adversity, a lot of uh, a lot of trials, a lot of pain. Um, I think it's because I'm not going to be here this Sunday. I'm going to be speaking in Union Gap at the Union Gap Church, and it kind of seems like every time that I'm going to do something for the Lord, that things want to come up against me. And I've been accident prone, accident prone, and I almost broke my jaw. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I had hit in the face with a metal bar at work, and it snapped, hurt my jaw on both sides. I could barely talk, and automatically I thought about where I was going to be this Sunday. But see, even tonight, you know, my body's been going through a lot. I, got, I don't know what it is, but it feels like I'm just really, really getting beat up from left and right. And a part of me didn't want to be here tonight. And I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm sure that there's some of us here that feel like we don't want to be here every once in a while. Man, tonight was one of those nights. And I'm like, you know what? You got to get up. You got to go. You got to be here because this is where God wants you to be. If you're here tonight, this is where you're supposed to be. If you don't feel like being here and you're here tonight, this is where you're supposed to be. You know, God's called us to something greater than ourselves. And I'm just going to, we're here tonight. We're going we're gonna to stand tonight and we're going to lift his holy name in prayer. We're going to, we're going to, let's just, let's just pray. Let's stand. Let's lift our hands and let's seek after the Lord tonight. Let's worship him. If you're thankful for something, if you're going through something, Lord, we just pray, God, that you strengthen us, Lord, in every aspect of our bodies, of our minds, physically, mentally, spiritually. Lord, we seek to be in unity and one accord with you, Father. It is in you, Lord, that we find victory. It is in you, God, where our faith is, Jesus. We acknowledge you, Father, in all our ways, Lord God, for your word is true. Your word is faithful and it is everlasting, my King. I just praise you, my God. I worship you. I exalt you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, you know the need, Father. You know the desire, and we cast it upon you tonight, God. For it is only through you, Jesus, where we find victory, my God. I praise you, Lord. I worship you. We listen tonight with our spirits, God. Our eyes and our ears are open spiritually to you tonight, God. We want to experience everything that you have for us, Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we worship and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, would you keep talking to the Lord for a minute? Lord Jesus, have your way, Lord God. We seek after you right now, Lord. Jesus, your presence is here. It's ministering to each individual that's here right now. God, we open ourselves up to you right now to receive from you, Lord. Jesus, whatever you want to do in our lives, God, we say yes to it right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, every eye closed for a minute. The Lord is here. He's moving right now. Let's reach out to him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus, come on. He wants to accomplish some things right now in the spirit. He's seeking to accomplish things. Let's yield to that. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we pray strengthen your body right now, Lord. Strengthen your body right now, Lord Jesus. I pray minister to each need that's here right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, those who are weak in body right now, Lord. Jesus, I pray healing right now. I claim it in Jesus' name. God, those who need a touch in their mind, I pray. God, I pray minister strength right now. I pray the renewing of the mind right now in Jesus' name. I take authority right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, come on, the things you've been wrestling with this week, the Lord is here to deal with them right now. We're not going to wait till we move further. He's here to deal with them right now. In the name of Jesus, keep talking to the Lord for a minute. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we surrender to the work that you're doing in our lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we make ourselves available, Lord Jesus, for the work of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Iandolo Sotahakatahaye. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, there needs to be some ministry of the body right now. In the name of Jesus. Be sensitive to the Lord right now. Let him lead you. In your prayer, in the name of Jesus. I pray strength right now, Lord Jesus. I pray strength over my brothers and my sisters here, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak against the work of the enemy. God, I take authority in Jesus' name. God, that there would be no sickness, no infirmity. Lord, accept only what you would allow for your purpose. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, while every eye is still closed, while every eye is still closed, if you've been battling a type of infirmity, a sickness in this last week, I want you to raise your hands right now. I want you to pray because there is a spirit of victory here right now. A healing that's here that he wants to do. In the name of Jesus, we receive it right now, Lord God. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray through the authority of your word, through the power of the name of Jesus. God, I pray healing right now. I pray healing right now in Jesus' name. I pray the restoration of your spirit, Lord. I pray wholeness in the name of Jesus. We claim it, Lord. We claim it, Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your healing, Lord. Thank you for your power, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you right now, things have already been accomplished this night through the work of His Spirit. I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to let you be seated. Hallelujah. Let's remember Elder Hart. He's traveling back. A few of the men that left are en route right now, traveling back. Let's continue to keep him in prayer. Let's remember to keep Brother Martin in prayer this week as he's set to minister in Union Gap on Sunday. And remember just your brothers and sisters. More often than not, when the Lord puts somebody in your mind and your spirit, it's to pray for them. And you don't have to know any more than that. If you yield yourself to that, he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Amen. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. I want to do some reading of this passage here. I tell my children, I've been trained to tell them for some time now, the most important thing in their life is to learn to hear from God. And while there are numbers, numerous ways that he speaks to us, uh, what I've told them is the three primary ways that he speaks to us, the most often the ways that he speaks to us are through prayer, through reading of the word, and through men and women of God, preachers and teachers that we would allow the Lord to speak to us through them. Now, there, like, like I said, there are many ways that he can speak to us, but I've had too many, I've had countless times that in those three channels, he has spoken directly to me words that I know were from him when I'm reading the word. And not just coincidence, but what I'm reading is him speaking. And in prayer, prayer is two-way communication. Okay? It's two-way communication. Communication is when you send is the sending and the receiving of a message. If there's a message sent but it's not received, there's no communication taking place. And if it's two-way, I've got messages I want to send to him. He's got messages he wants to send to me. So through prayer, I'm hearing from him. And then through the preaching of the word of God and the teaching of the word of God, that is also a way that as we listen to that, he speaks to us. I, I, I will confess to you there are times in my life that one or more of those channels is not as open as it should be. 
I think, well, I, I man, I don't know. I, I've done a lot of reading of the Bible in my life. I could probably take a week off and not miss anything. It's dangerous ground when you start thinking like that. Because you're not just not reading the word, you're cutting off a channel of how the Lord speaks to you. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. I'm going to read through a few verses here, so follow along. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Everyone say they were righteous. Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Would you say blameless? And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They didn't, the reason why they didn't have children was because there was blame to be placed anywhere. The scripture just made that very clear, didn't it? We couldn't look to a part, a part of his life or her life and say, well, this must be the reason why they're barren and there's no children. If, if we're honest in our humanity, before you even can stop yourself, sometimes you start to wonder, well, I, that person's going through a trial. I wonder if it's because, and you start to go down a road. Well, this scripture, it clearly says they were righteous and they were blameless. So the simple fact that they did not have any children because she was barren was not to be placed on any one particular reason. There was no sin there that was causing this. There was no disconnect there that was causing this. It was through the plan and the purpose of God. They had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, he being Zacharias, verse nine, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So he is the one in the temple, all right, Zacharias. He's going through the custom of burning incense. It says it was his lot. So this was what he was chosen to do at this time. Zacharias, you priest, you're going to go and offer incense. Verse 11, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias. Now just pause for a second and let that sink in. The priest going about his priestly custom, doing what he's always supposed to do. is not only surprised, but afraid when there's a manifestation of an angel. If anybody should not be afraid of the manifestation of the angel, you would think it would be the priest in the temple, right? 
But this is, it's, it's repeated in the scripture. We see this several times. When an angel shows up, what's the first thing the angel has to say? Fear not. If you're, if you're afraid, you're not going to catch anything else that I'm here to do. I have a message for you. But if you don't get past the fear of what's taking place here, you're definitely not going to receive the message. But he, so it's the same as what, he, what the angel said when they showed up to the shepherds on the hillside. Fear not. It's the same as what the angel said to Mary and Martha at the tomb. Fear not. So see, I know it sounds simple, but this is just a part of our human nature. When we are met with a spiritual encounter, a human emotion that we, that we feel often is fear. Now, this, that's not what I am here to talk about tonight, but I just it needs to be said. We don't need to be fr- afraid of a spiritual encounter. Okay? Don't be afraid of that. When the Lord, when you, these channels that I talked about, you hear from the Lord, you, you start to feel his presence and you know the Lord is in this. He's, he's here for a reason. He's speaking to me or whatever it is. Don't be afraid of that. Embrace that. So he says, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name. What is it? John, thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall receive, shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned, shall, shall he turn to the Lord their God. I don't know about you, but I would, I would just be thrilled if I knew I had a promise from God that my children are going to be used in this way. He's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's going to turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord. That's the promise from the angel to Zacharias about his child that he's going to have. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. Now, I, I got to make this clear, okay? Chapter six, uh, verse 16, it ends by saying, John is going to turn many of the children of Israel to who? The Lord, their God. John's going to turn children of Israel to the Lord. Verse 17 says, and he shall go before him. That's two he's, two hymns. The first he, we know this, John was the forerunner of Christ. But this is what it says in the scripture. He, John, shall go before him, the Lord. In the spirit and power of Elias to turn their hearts to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So that's quite a quite a greeting, quite a uh, an encounter and a message that the angel gives to Zacharias. All that that was said, that's kind of a mouthful. You're going to have a son. 
Here's what his name's going to be. The Lord heard your prayer. Oh, and by the way, he's going to be used mightily of God to do all these things. Look at Zacharias's response, verse 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. My wife is well stricken in years. In other words, what he said to the angel was, How can I be sure? Whereby? Shall I know this? What's the sign you're going to give me? What, how? What's the proof? Hmm. That whole dissertation that Gabriel, the angel, just gave him. And his only response. This is the only response of Zacharias recorded in this whole transaction is. How will I know that what you're saying is true? I'm old, my wife is old. Verse 19, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, here it comes, and behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak. Until the day these things shall be performed. Why? Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. I don't think that's the sign Zacharias was asking for. You want proof? Okay. You just lost your ability to speak. And you're not going to get it back until he's born. That's pretty serious, right? But because he says, the angel says, because you believest not. Note, Zacharias did not say, I don't believe you. No, what did he say? Prove it. How will I know? Where's the proof of this thing? But in his questioning of that word, in his questioning of that message, there was unbelief. Because thou believest not. Newsflash, you're the priest, you're in the temple, you're going about your customs, you're doing what you're supposed to do as the priest. This is the spiritual realm, and you don't believe it when the spiritual, when the spiritual realm approaches you. I mean, really, do you need a sign? Look around you. You're in the presence of the Lord. You're worshiping him. If you're here, okay, we'll get there. Verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak. They perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. He beckoned unto them. He tried to get what happened across by other means besides speaking. He's going through, he's beckoning. I don't know what it looked like, but it, there were no words involved. And they said, it says they perceived that he had a vision. And it came to pass 
that as soon as the days of his ministration or his ministry were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. Everybody say it happened. What the angel said was going to happen, happened. She conceives this child, hides herself for five months. Meanwhile, Zacharias, because of his unbelief, has to go through nine months, more or less, of no speech. He's not going to talk again because of this, because of what happened in the temple. Now, I want you to jump down to verse 36. Who was the angel that was speaking to Zacharias? Gabriel, right? He says it by name. I am Gabriel. Now, Gabriel goes from that encounter to his next appointment. We know this appointment. We've heard of this. We've read it. We see it many times. He goes to meet Mary and speak to her. He just delivered this message to Zacharias, and now he goes over to Mary and tells her, I'm skipping through it for the sake of time, not going to read all of it, but he's telling her, Mary, you are going to have a child. Man, Gabriel gets to play Cupid in this chapter, doesn't he? He just, oh, baby, baby, all right, I like this. So he tells Mary, you're going to have a child. After he told Zacharias, you're going to have a child. And we know that dissertation that takes place between uh, Gabriel and Mary. I want you to just look at the last part of this in, in verse 36. This is as Gabriel is speaking to Mary. He says, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. Do your simple math and you can find out how much older John the Baptist is than Jesus right there, right? Six months. That's how much further along she is. She is in the sixth month. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said... Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. See the difference in, in her response and Zacharias's response? Mary did ask. She said, how is this going to be? Because I have not known a man. So what that, told, what that tells me is, in her asking Gabriel, how? And Zacharias asking Gabriel, how? There was an element of unbelief in Zacharias that was not there in Mary. I've heard it said before, it's okay to question the word of God when he speaks to you. Question it in, in, in a sense of not, I don't believe this. That's not possible. I, never. But questioning, Lord, is this really you? And if so, I want to know more. I, I, I will yield to that. Okay, the Bible says, try the spirits. 
We, we use our discernment when we, when we feel the Lord speaking to us. We use our discernment. That's a gift from him. So it's not, it's not well, he had the wrong answer and she had the right answer. But in his spirit, in his questioning, Zacharias expressed his unbelief. Verse 39. This is the part I want you to see. After all that that we just read about what took place. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. She's going to seek out Elizabeth, the one person who the angel told her in in their conversation. By the way, she's also involved in this. You're not the only one having a miraculous birth. Elizabeth is also. So Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. Verse 40, she entered the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but every time I, I see that and think of that, I just see such an example of the power of that transfer of what took place supernaturally there. All Mary did was travel. She didn't have the cell phone. She couldn't text her, right? And be like, hey, I'm going to be there in three days. Put the pot on. No, she just, so Elizabeth doesn't know that this is going to happen. She had no forewarning, but now Mary shows up and just by simply hearing the salutation of Mary, Elizabeth receives the Holy Ghost. She becomes full of the Holy Ghost. That's the power of, uh, that's the power of hearing what God wants you to hear. Simply by hearing. This was a channel that the Lord used to speak to Elizabeth. Verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. This is, this is Elizabeth speaking with revelation. This is Elizabeth speaking with understanding. You're blessed. The fruit of your womb, the baby is blessed. I don't know what's going on, but I know it's blessed. The Lord is in this. And she says, verse 43, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That's King James Version. It's kind of hard to understand. But what she's saying is, who am I that the mother of my Lord Did you catch that? 
the mother of my Lord, further revelation to Elizabeth about this child. My Lord is in there. And this is the mother of my Lord. Who am I? That the mother of my Lord would come and visit me. Verse 44, for, as, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. When I see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call these special occurrences. Remember, we're, we're still in the days of the old covenant here, okay? It's a big word for past time, not the modern time. Old covenant meaning... People weren't getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus was not even born yet. But through the, through the promise of the angel to Zacharias, John was going to be full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth becomes full of the Holy Ghost. Special occurrences here because of the miraculous that's taking place, the supernatural that's taking place through these events. Verse 45. This is still Elizabeth speaking to Mary. Blessed is she that did what? Did what? Blessed is she that believed. I could get myself in a lot of trouble going down rabbit trails that I'm not going to right now. But here's what I'm going to say. You know what was special about Mary? She believed. Blessed is she who believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Look at Matthew chapter 21. This is the other passage I want to read tonight. It, it starts with belief. Zacharias, even though he was the priest had an element of unbelief there that prevented him from receiving the word the way that he should have. We would think he should have received the word, that element of unbelief. And because Mary did believe, that's what set her apart. Now, uh, uh, this, this setting that I want to read here, Matthew 21, we'll start at verse 21. This is in the setting where Jesus is walking with his disciples and he passes the fig tree. And he says, I'm getting hungry. I'd like a fig. He turns to the fig tree and there are no figs on it. What does he do? He curses that tree. He says, you will not bear any more fruit. 
You're cursed to the ground. They continue on their way. I don't know if he had to dip into his reserve of supernatural there to get over the hunger or what, but they continue on their way, and he didn't get to eat. That's a sidebar. But on the way back through town, the disciples see that this tree that God, that Jesus cursed has dried up completely and withered. No more tree. And they said, how can this be? How did he do that? That's where we're going to pick up verse 21. Jesus said to them, for sure, I tell you this. Or let, let me jump over to the King James. Jesus answered and said to them, verily, I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not. Everyone say doubt not. Say doubt not. Say have faith. If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which was done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. If you have faith and if you doubt not, that's how you're going to see this happen. Verse 22. It's the last scripture I'm going to read. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask, in prayer, believing, you shall receive. That's the words of Jesus. All things, whatsoever you ask, in prayer, believing, you shall receive. He, if, you, if you're not paying attention, you might have missed it. But he gave a three-step process right there. All things... If you want the power that I have to curse this tree, if you want to have the ability to say to the mountain, be thou removed, all things, there's a three-step process. What it says there is, if you ask in prayer, believing. My question is, which one of those do you think comes first? It's a trick question because in the verse, ask comes first. But what do you think is going to happen if you ask and you don't believe? Nothing. Exactly right. Nothing. So you got to flip this and know it starts with believing. If I'm believing, I'm already, I'm not going to be surprised when I see that fig tree just, boom, obey the command. I'm not going to be surprised when I see the mountain be removed and cast into the sea. It's just obeying the command. And I believe that it has to obey the command. Believing. Now, I think this is interesting because Jesus, in his pattern of, of, of performing what he just did in that setting. Did he stop at that fig tree and. Oh, Father God, I'm praying right now against this tree. I'm entering a season of prayer against this tree. He didn't do that. He just spoke it. So he, but was there doubt in him? No. I mean, he is the word, okay? He is the word. You know what part of the word says? Pray without ceasing. That's him saying that, and this is him living that. 
So he's already in the state of belief. There's already no doubt in him. He's already the word praying. So all he's got to do now is find all he's got to do now is find out what needs to be asked for. That's it. What do I need to ask for? Because I'm already believing. I'm already living a life of prayer. Lord, what's your will? I know that when I'm hungry, and this is supposed to give me fruit, and it doesn't, I'm not outside the will. And he speaks it. What I see here, what I see for us explained in this, this pattern. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this note. I feel like the Lord spoke this to me a few days ago. I tried my best to take it down word for word as he gave it to me. And uh, then I immediately had to print, re- <laughs> immediately I had to repent and go to prayer because of what he said. This is me asking myself, do we pray because we know what will happen when we pray? Or do we pray because we're worried about what will happen if we don't pray? If I'm, wor- if I'm worried about what might happen if I don't pray, am I entering that prayer with belief? Not at all. I'm doing it out of obligation. I'm doing it backwards, reverse from the, form, the formula that, that he said, ask in prayer, believing. There's no belief. I just, I feel like I've seen and heard enough in the word of God that I'm supposed to pray. So, okay, I'm going to go to prayer. And in my prayer, I'm going to try to get to a place of believing. Whether I reach it or not, that really is up for debate. I might, I might not. But I'm just starting because I know the word says to pray, so I'm going to pray. That's not fruitful. But the flip side of this is, do I pray because I know what will happen when I pray? That's the believing. I know it's going to happen. All I got to know is, what am I supposed to pray for? How how am I supposed to pray? What is the will of God for me to pray? And in in, uh, that approach, he accomplishes what he wants to accomplish. Would you stand with me? I'm confessing this. I'm guilty of it at times of just thinking, okay, it's, it's, it's time to pray, so I need to find something to pray about. Or, oh, I haven't prayed in a while. I need to go to prayer because if I don't, something bad might happen. That's just, I'm being as honest as I can be about that. But what the Lord asked me was, why aren't you praying, believing? Believing. 
if I, if I, if I know, if I see that it starts with belief, then if I, if there's unbelief in me, I know I got to get past that. I'm not, hear me. My prayer is not going to be any good. If there is unbelief. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you for giving us this opportunity to seek you. Jesus, we express our faith in you right now. Our belief is in you right now, Father. Everything that your word says, God, I believe is true. Everything that you've done, that you've spoken. God, when I hear it from you, when I receive it from you, I know that it is true. I know that it is forever settled, Lord. Your word is forever settled. All truth is in you, Lord. All truth is in you, Lord Jesus. God, I want my prayers to be fruitful. I want my prayers to accomplish your will. God, I want them to bear your fruit. Jesus, I want my life to bear your fruit. God, I want to approach you from a place of belief, from a place of faith, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, the word says, whatever we ask in prayer, believing. Lord, we know how to ask and we know how to pray, but we need to know how to believe. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would increase our faith tonight. In the name of Jesus, with you all things are possible, Lord. With you all things are possible. You're our strength, Lord Jesus. You're our source, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, while you're praying, I want you to hear me. The Lord is delivering this word to us in this fashion because he wants to get the point across. I'm not angry at you. The Lord's not angry at us. But he wants us to hear his word. He wants to take us to a place in our faith where we can ask in faith, where we can ask in prayer, and the belief is already there. Would you give yourselves to prayer? Come on. Give yourselves to prayer right now.
I'm opening this front if you want to pray. I believe we need to have prayer right now. Seek the Lord. He's here to minister. Whatever you need to do, find a place to pray.
You know, in one passage, Jesus says, unless you be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom. When I see that, I think, what is it about the child that he's wanting to accomplish in me? I mean, I thought I'm just supposed to get older and wiser and know more. But he turns that and he says, unless you be converted, that's the word that he uses, and become as little children. The thing about the child, we use this term, childlike faith. They just believe it. You tell them something. And they believe it. And that's where he's saying, you need to be like that. I, I'm, telling, I'm talking to myself, okay? Uh, don't ever let the dad and me make you feel like you're getting in trouble. I hope that's not the case. But he's telling us, you need to become that way. When I say something, believe it. Amen. Why don't you stand and we'll pray one more time. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence that's here tonight. God, I'm thankful for the ways that you're ministering and reaching out to each one of us. God, I'm thankful that you are our heavenly father. I'm thankful that you love us, God, enough to share these things with us. I'm thankful that you would share these things with us, God. You know the things we need to hear. I pray that the channels of communication will be open, God, for you to continue to speak, for you to continue, Lord, to speak. God, I just want to hear from you. I just want to know your voice. Show me and teach me your ways, Lord. I will believe them, Lord. I will trust them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. I trust you received this with your spirit tonight. I encourage you to greet one another. Share the love of God with them. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.